Hello, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner and a Reiki master teacher. I've been running my own healing practice since 2008 and I now work with clients uh, across the world uh, on Skype and Zoom doing transformation calls, core wound healing work, life purpose work and sacred union calls. This podcast channel has been running since 2013 and um, and it's a joy to reach as many people as is possible to share uh, my musings along the way and my observations as a healer and a teacher and a human being. So today's podcast is about our ancestors and why it is actually pretty vital to focus on ancestral healing when we're on our healing journey. And when I started out doing my shamanic training, my shamanic teacher used to mention ancestral healing quite a lot. And I found it the most boring thing. I just, I didn't resonate with it. I didn't understand why we had to do it. Um, as far as I was concerned, I didn't really want to have much of a connection with my ancestors because from what I knew, there'd been a lot of pain in in our family tree. Um, there'd been recurring stories of pain and loss, and I just didn't want to connect with that. And I also felt like um, I was a little bit the black sheep of the family, you know, I was a little bit the odd one out in my family. And I, I just kind of felt that my lineage wasn't of the family that I was in, that I had a different spiritual lineage. And um, over the years working with clients I and students, I hear this a lot, you know, that we, we can sometimes feel like we're the odd one out in our family, like we're disconnected from them in some way. And then we don't feel a connection to the ancestral line. And we don't really feel like we should do any ancestral healing work. So when I mention ancestral healing work to clients now, I get the same kind of response. It's just, it's something that some will acknowledge. Yes, there's been repeating patterns in my family line, but most of the time when I don't redirect them to some work that we could do, or I have an online course that is about ancestral healing, and I'll sometimes direct people to that. They're just not excited by it. And I, I don't think that's because of the level of work that I'm offering. At least I hope it isn't. I think it's because ancestral healing just isn't. See, you know, it does. why is it relevant? Our ancestors aren't around anymore. So what I've come to realize over the years is that it's incredibly relevant in our healing for many reasons. Um, the unresolved patterns of our ancestors including contracts, vows, agreements, curses, um, oaths that were taken by our ancestors, those resonances will ripple throughout our lives. And it will manifest as things in our life that just keep going a certain way. So it will often manifest as recurring blocks to abundance or love or stability or career progression, um, just spiraling patterns of behavior or coincidences or mishaps that we feel have a power of their own. And often in, in sessions with clients, one of the, one of the main questions I will ask at the start of us working together or even deciding if you want to work together is, you know, just take me through the patterns of, of your ancestral line, both in the male and female side. Has there been any addiction? Is there any 
um, patterns of heartache or displacement uh, in some way or abuse. And 99% of the time, the things that people reveal about their ancestral line, there is such a strong symmetry and a strong echo in their life of the things that happened to their ancestors. Um, and often people haven't made that link. They've just, uh, they've not thought that maybe the things that are happening to them are because that's what happened in their ancestral line and they're just carrying on the ancestral line. Um, so that for me, that's one of the main reasons why it's so important to do ancestral healing. And then the other side of that is, you know, when our ancestral line is healing or when we go in and do the work and heal our ancestral line, we start to get incredible support from our ancestors. I mean, what we tend to, when we're on a healing journey, focus on is all the stuff that didn't work for our parents and our parents' parents and so on. You know, all the relationships that broke down, all the bad things that happened. But in amongst all of that will be incredible gifts of kindness, compassion, spirituality, creativity, tenacity. Um, And I think that's for all of us, whatever our lineages are. You know, our ancestors are the people that that crossed the oceans, that, that, that traveled to new lands, that found themselves in inhospitable situations and they conquered them. And we are living proof of their strength and their courage and their tenacity and their bravery. We are living proof of that. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. And so we owe them a great debt, not that they ask anything of us other than to be honored. And often we don't honor them we see them as a burden or we see them as something that um, is a shady, shadowy past. So the double-pronged effect of doing ancestral healing is that we start to repair these damaging patterns of behavior, but we also start to appreciate the gifts from our ancestral line and and how we can start to embody those gifts more, um, how we can take pride in them. Ancestral healing is really big in shamanism. It's a big part of shamanism because we summon up the ancestors when we do the work. Um, and it's not a big part of energy healing these days, you know, and Reiki healing and theta healing and all these other forms of healing. We're not really called upon to access our ancestral line. And I feel that in some ways it's um, it's we're, we're losing an, a, a, a key ingredient to our well-being in doing that. Um So ancestral healing can be done in many ways. In shamanism, it's done through ritual and ceremony and song. And um, there are other ways to do it. There's, you know, ways through guided meditation and so on. And and these are some of the ways that I work specifically with clients. The the ancestral course that's on my website is uh, very much based on ritual and song. And it guides people through ways to start to heal their ancestral line themselves through song through ritual through intention i think one of the most powerful things that we can do is is do that healing work ourselves so rather than just hand it over to a healer we work in collaboration with a healer and we we do that ancestral healing work in collaboration and it is so much more potent um The gifts of our ancestors, that is what we're here to birth and bring into the world. That is their lasting legacy. The not-so-palatable aspects of the ancestors are 
the endurances that they um, overcame or didn't. So, for example, you know, in everyone's family tree, there's going to be times when there was death, there was murder, there was betrayal, there was rape, there was abuse, there was poverty, there was uh, witchcraft of some kind, um, whether there were stillbirths or miscarriages, uh, sicknesses, you know, Ill- illnesses that are passed down the line. And if these aren't healed, then their echo manifests in our lives. So we may have had an ancestor that uh, lost their partner, lost their husband, maybe a female ancestor that lost her husband in the war. And when her husband died in the war, she vowed to never marry again. And that could play out as someone now in their present day life being unable to find a life partner. And every time they get close to it, it, it doesn't happen. They don't seem to understand why is it not happening? Why am I not meeting my life partner? I've done it, I've done all the workshops, you know, I've done all the lists. It's just not happening. It's like there's a greater force. And it's because we're carrying that vow. I will never love again. I will never marry again. I will never give myself to another again. And we're carrying that vow because it's passed down the ancestral line. It's passed through blood. It's passed through uh, intention, intention of the cells. It was such a strong vow that was made. It's just passed down the line. And so in order to free ourselves, we not only do the healing for ourselves, but we free our ancestors uh, who are locked in that state. Um, And we free our future generations to come so that they won't have to endure the same things. It could be that an um, uh, an ancestor took a vow of poverty or a vow of um, silence. Um, An ancestor chose to devote themselves to their spiritual pursuits we could have had ancestors that um, overindulged, ancestors that were hounded by society, uh, perhaps uh, through witchcraft, ancestors that were sacrificed, that were hung, drawn and quartered, ancestors that feared for their lives. I mean, they went through a lot. And we'll be carrying the resonance of that. And it will make sense of why our lives are going a certain way or we feel like we're facing blocks in certain areas of our lives. And so often part of the healing work that we do in the sessions that I offer is not only the core wound healing work in terms of what's happening right now, but very much looking at ancestral healing and how we can start to bring that healing down the ancestral line. It's really, really beautiful work. And um, if I feel if we had a greater connection to our ancestral lines, we would live richer lives. We would honor the planet more. We would honor each other more. We would feel more interconnected. Part of the reason why we feel so disconnected is because we've lost connection with our ancestral lines, with their power, with their majesty, but we've also lost connection with our higher selves because of that. What we're choosing to do these days is to pick and choose the palatable aspects of spirituality, of self, um, of, of our ancestral lines, and to shun the bits that we think aren't so great. If you go on social media... You know, we're constantly being told to cut out toxic people from our lives and to only surround ourselves with that which is positive. And yet what we don't realize what we're doing when we're doing that is we're just um, we're just becoming even more insular. Um, and the purpose of our of our existence on this planet is not to just hang out with the people that we like. <laughs> the purpose of our existence on this planet is to is to spread love, is to spread compassion, is to spread healing. 
I had someone say to me the other day, um, I use social media primarily just to kind of keep in touch with very like interesting things that are happening, you know, interesting events that are happening. Um, I don't really use it for networking or anything like that, but every now and then I'll take to social media and I'll have a good old rant about something that I feel is important. And it will often be about politics or, um, you know, the way we're living our lives. Um, and I'll share stories. I'll share articles and stories and things that most people I know in my kind of, uh, followers list won't really have access to. Um, because I, I, you know, a lot of those people I know, and I know the kind of lives that they lead. So um, I'd worked with someone on a creative project, and we don't really know each other. We've just worked on a couple of creative projects. But as happens, you know, people follow you on social media, and you follow them back. And we'd followed each other for a while. And they, one day recently, in the last few months, decided to unfollow me. So an email, a group email went around. It's that time of year, people are having parties and things, and a group email went around on social media. And this other person was part of the the group email that I was part of. And I thought, well, you know what, I'm not going to pretend that this hasn't happened. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to voice it. And I said, um, I saw that you unfollowed me. Um, that's okay. Just wanted to, you know, wish you a happy Christmas and a happy new year. And I, I hope that you're really well. And I actually meant that because I, I actually really like this person. Anyway, they turned around and sent me a long email saying that, um, they found that, uh, it was too much to go on Twitter and to see that I was posting things. Obviously, I was angry. Obviously, I was unhappy. It was negative. They didn't want to in. They didn't want to um, experience negativity on social media. So they decided to unfollow me. Um, but it wasn't personal. Uh, and then sent another message saying I didn't realize I could mute you. Um, to which I responded, "You know what? It's free will. I have the freedom to express myself however I choose to, as long as I'm not attacking you or hurting you in any way. And I said nothing that I posted was a personal attack on you. So ditto, it wasn't personal. Um, it was me expressing myself. And if someone doesn't like how I express myself, they're free to walk away or quotation marks unfollow me. Um, <laughs> this person then proceeded to, uh, to to not really go there with with what I was saying and said um uh yeah I have a love-hate relationship it's just an app at the end of the day which it is and it isn't um and then um and then proceeded to follow me again on social media which I just found quite interesting considering I'm going to continue ranting about the things that are important to me as and when they are important to me I did a pod, a, a webinar on life purpose um in April of this year. And I shared how I aligned with an aspect of my life purpose many, many years ago, when I was doing a charity event for Gaza. Um, and we partnered up with MAP and the Rachel Corey Foundation, um, and stopped the war and just raised money for those that were being bombed for children and women that were being bombed with white phosphorus and needed medical care and attention. And um, it was called the event, I did a fundraising event, and it was called Unity for the Innocent Victims of War. And uh, part of the story that I shared was that at the time I was I was on Facebook and I shared a lot of information about what was happening and that people didn't know. You know, people were kind of hearing news stories that uh, brown people are being massacred somewhere on the other side of the world, but it's their fault. And they were buying into what the media was telling us. And actually, the truth was a lot more complicated. The truth on the ground was a lot more complicated. And I knew people 
on the ground, as in I, you know, had contacts with people who could give me both sides of the story. And so I was sharing both sides because what I wanted to do was find unity. How can we, you know, we're not in a war zone here, so why can't we find unity about what's going on? Um, because if we can't, how can we spread unity and love in the world? So I was sharing a lot of stuff and a lot of my, you know, inverted commas, friend network were horrified. They were kind of like, um, are you okay, Amber? What's going on with you? And um, one colleague in the end uh, must have felt sorry for me and asked if they could help me in some way. And we met up and we talked about this charity event that I was doing. And I remember he said to me, I had no idea what was happening in that part of the world until you started posting stuff. And he wanted more information. And I said, look, I'm not the expert on this. The information's out there. You just have to look for it. He was amazing and helped me with this charity event. I mean, in the end, we raised something like £3,000 for charity. And eventually, he was a stand-up comic and an actor. He left the the world of, of stand-up for, for, for quite a period of time, and he joined Amnesty. And he worked for Amnesty for a number of years. He still does. And years later, he said to me that his inspiration for doing that was this event. And he said it was triggered by the fact that I was posting so much stuff on social media. And it was triggering and it was uncomfortable, but he was learning something. So um, I'm a big believer in sharing your truth in a way that isn't going to harm or hurt someone else, um, but is actually going to be um, informative, is going to, to raise our vibration and yet we live in a society now where spirituality is about muting another, as this person said to me. Oh, no, you're too negative. I don't want to be around you. But I'm not the person being negative. I am shining a light on what is dark and negative in our world, what is an undercurrent in our world. And if and if I'm not allowed to get angry about that, then there's something wrong with the person that doesn't allow me to be angry about an injustice in the world. I will be angry about an injustice in the world. I won't turn my back on it. I won't pretend it's not happening. Similarly, we don't turn our backs on that which we perceive to be negative or toxic. And we live in a society that chooses to do that. We don't want to look at the unpalatable. That's one of the reasons why we don't want to do ancestral healing, because we don't want to look at these unpalatable aspects of our family tree. Um, people often take to social media and post things when they're in great distress. And then the next day they're found, you know, having taken a load of pills or slashed their wrists somewhere because they were asking for someone to reach out to them and say, are you okay? Now, when I was posting this stuff on social media, it wasn't a cry for help. But what would have been nice if this person was so concerned about me was for them to reach out and send me a message and go, I've noticed some of your messages are a bit whatever. Um, are you okay? And to which I could have responded, no, I'm not okay. I'm really upset about what's happening in the world right now. Or I could have said, actually, you know what? Thank you for asking. Um, no, I'm not okay because of X, Y, and Z. But instead, this person chose to go, I'm going to mute you. I'm going to silence you and pretend you don't exist in the world. And then I'll feel better about myself. And so this is how we've taken to spirituality, to healing, to existing in the world. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to look over that. That's going to bring my vibe down. I just want to feel good. Because if I feel good, I can keep succeeding in my life and I can keep achieving things in my life. And because so many of us have chosen to do that, our world is in the state that it is in right now. It's on fire. It's burning. People are dying. People are dying in, in extreme poverty. 
People are losing their homes. People are suffering because we are choosing to look away from that and say, I don't want toxic people in my life. I don't want toxic vibes around me. Now, I've done a podcast on psychic attack, and I think it's very important that we shield and protect ourselves. But we don't shield and protect ourselves so we can be smug about it, so we can hold on to our bubble of love and light. We shield and protect ourselves because it it is important that we have boundaries and that we're strong and we're in our power. Because how else can we be... Can we be agents of change unless we're strong and in our power? But when we feel powered up again, it is our duty as human beings on this planet to reach out to others and to assist, whether we awaken them, whether we enlighten them, whether we shine a light on that which needs to be looked at, whether we reach out a hand of compassion, whether we assist, whether we heal in some way, that is our duty as humans on this planet, to do that to other humans, to do this for the planet, and to do that for all sentient beings. That is the only reason why we're here to make a positive contribution to the planet, to be filled with love and to share and spread love, not in a self-centered, smug way where we surround ourselves with our gang that makes us feel good, but in a way where we push ourselves past our comfort zone, where we reach out to those that we are afraid to reach out to or that we don't know if we can reach out to. And part of ancestral healing is that, Part of ancestral healing is looking at our family tree and realizing that our ancestors will have raped and murdered and killed too. That our ancestors will have had blood on their hands too. And if they had blood on their hands, then so do we. If they had the ability to kill, to rape, to harm another, so do we. But we want to run away from these aspects of ourselves because we want to just stand in the light and say how wonderful we are. We want to be purified. We want to be the positive person that enters in a room and everyone wants to be around. But actually, authentic living is about being every aspect, is about exploring and knowing every aspect. That doesn't mean we go around raping and killing, but it means that we explore those aspects in ourselves. And we say that that lies in me also, but I choose not to act out on it because I have choice and free will. Um, Perhaps my ancestors acted out on it because they didn't have choice at the time, or they felt that they didn't have choice at the time, or maybe that was their choice at the time. So that's why I feel that ancestral healing is so powerful, because we become more rounded people. We come to better understand ourselves and the human spirit when we do ancestral work, um, when we get an insight into what our ancestors went through. Sometimes in ancestral healing work, you know, we're not taking out the family tree and looking for facts. We're tuning in um, energetically. You know, we're using uh, guidance often channeled guidance comes through about what 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 we can perceive about the ancestors and that's how we start to get a better understanding of what actually happened and we start to put the pieces together Um, and I think that's invaluable it it is not going to serve us to live in a in a more and more sanitized environment the the um the flip side of that is that we're turning to social media and robots to give us satisfaction in life. We feel that we can press a button and ask for love, press a button and ask for sex, press a button and ask for laughter, and yet we're getting more and more empty on the inside because true connection comes from sitting in those places of discomfort with another and having a conversation. So true connection doesn't come from unfollowing someone on social media because they tweeted something you didn't like. True connection comes from picking up the phone and saying, oh, I saw something you tweeted the other day. I'd like to talk to you about it. Is everything okay? I didn't like it. Let's meet up for a drink. True connection comes from connection, physical connection, 
Um, I have people in my life that, you know, we kind of are on social media, but every time I see a tweet that feels a little bit something, I'll quickly drop them a message and ask them how they are. Um, and if they were having a really bad time or if they needed to talk, I'd be there on the end of the phone. Um, I'd meet up with them. Um, I wouldn't block them because of something that they tweeted unless they were personally attacking me in some way. But it's so easy these days. This is the world that we live in. Unfollow, block, delete, press for button, and we make and unmake connections that mean absolutely nothing. Our ancestors didn't live like that. Our ancestors lived in community. When they went to battle, they went to battle like warriors. They didn't hide behind buttons. Our ancestors worked hard, as in they had to build their homes and forage their food and kill their animals in order to eat and survive. We could learn a lot from what our ancestors went through so we could now sit here behind our computer screens and press a button and have our shopping delivered to us and press a button and have romance and press a button and have our desires fulfilled, or so we think. So ancestral healing works on many, many, many levels, and it is deeply transformative. If you're interested in doing any of the ancestral healing work, it isn't um, on the website as a, as a kind of separate program, but I do offer it as an online course, and, and that is there on the website. And of course, it's something that we can cover in the transformation calls. At some point, I may well offer it as a, as a program, um, a standalone program. But it's certainly included in the core wound work and the life purpose work. And, it, and as, I, as I say, it's there as an online course that you can follow. If you have any questions around ancestral healing work um, or um, any observations that you would like to share with me, I'd be really interested to hear that. My website, uh, my email, excuse me, my email address is amber at sacredspacehealing.org. That's amber at sacredspacehealing.org. That wherever you may be on your journey, continue to, to share your truth, continue to speak your truth. Whether people block you or mute you or dislike what you have to say, if what you have to say comes from your heart, speak it loud and speak it with love and speak it with pride. Because far too many of us today are far too concerned about what people think of us rather than truly expressing who we are in the world. And our ancestors didn't live their lives that way. Some may have done, but the majority didn't. And the reason why I know that the majority didn't is because you are here today. If they had worried what the world thought of them, you wouldn't be here today. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.